Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. Um, I think we're in for a delightful episode tonight. The topic tonight is walk in soul transfers. And our guest tonight is Carolyn Jamies. We're going to bring Carolyn on in just a minute. I think I think tonight's episode is going to be exceptional, um, and I'm excited for it. Um, and part of that is because of the notion of the soul, the idea of a soul. I mean, um, it, it's, it's a pretty common belief that we are souls incarnate. That's not a stretch for many people. And, and yet... Um, most of us live from the perspective of an ego. And I suggest the day you were born, you didn't have an ego. Brand new babies don't have an opinion. Brand new babies aren't politically biased. Um, The ego didn't exist on day one, but sure enough, the soul was there. The soul is like the energizer bunny, the infinite stream of source consciousness, if you will, and on top of that, from that soul consciousness, we build an ego in our family of origin. We, we grow an ego, if you will. And then fast forward a few decades, and here we are using our egos to exchange uh, streams of symbols called sentences. And, and embedded in that is our belief and our um, vulnerabilities and whatnot. So tonight's topic is, I think, going to be fascinating because of the insight it gives us from the soul's perspective. Um, The story tonight, I think, is uh, quite an exceptional one, and uh, I think it will serve us well to get right to it. Um, Again, the topic is walk-in soul transfers. And uh, Carolyn's our guest tonight. She is an award-winning entrepreneur and reluctant author, originally feeling uncomfortable sharing this story and arguing with herself. If I tell anyone that the man of my heart who died 20 years ago asked to come back and switch places with my husband's body, I read that right, I'd be locked up in a rubber room. And now, finally, years after this internal dialogue, she sat down at her computer and began to write. What flowed out of her was an incredible true story of the journey of two souls in her book, A Life by Request. A Life by Request is Carolyn's first book, and she's currently writing the sequel, which picks up where the first book left off about her personal walk-in journey. So I think we should get right to it. Um, Join me in welcoming Carolyn to the show. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. It's very nice to be here, Les. Thank you for that introduction. It was lovely. You betcha. Now, let's, we got to establish some context here for people who are just tuning in and they don't know what this show's about. Can you just take a few minutes and lay out the framework of, of the story that we're going to be talking about here? Sure. A little more detail from what you explained a little bit earlier. Um, my soulmate, whose name is Jay, um, died in 1995. And I married another whose name is Tom. Uh, Let's just say that the marriage was not a happy one. And Jay realized this as he had been watching over me for years from the other side. And his soul asked one day through a medium if if he had my permission to become a walk-in soul within the body of the man to which I was married here on the earth. Um, 
after my jaw dropped and I said, what are you talking about? I said, well, yes, of course, sure, certainly. I'd love to have you back. And I really didn't know what would happen there, but it's it's about nine years in now. Um, So I gave my permission for him to come back. The soul of Tom wanted out. He wanted to go back home. So he gave his permission and then the soul transfer process began. So now when you talk about a soul transfer, now we've talked about walk-ins before here. And what it, in a nutshell, what it amounts to is uh, a human is born with a soul and, and experiences life up to a particular moment. And then there's kind of a handoff um, where a different soul shows up, and there's there's a a, a period of of um, handing off the body, if you will, and the original soul eventually steps out of the loop, and the new soul that has shown up becomes the soul for the rest of the journey, unless the event happens again. So when we talk about a a walk-in soul, we're talking about the same physical human body, but the soul behind the body literally changing out from one soul to another while the body continues to live, just to be clear. Yes. Adult reincarnation almost. That's what I believe, too. I I call it reincarnation between adults, if you will. Uh, A baby comes in when we're born. And now this just happens between adults. There are contracts on the other side. Everything is very it's permission based, and it's all very on the up and up, if you will. It does it's it, it is a form of possession, but it's very directed possession, if you will. There it's a it's a love it's a loving form of possession, I guess you could sure. say. Sure. Right now. Um, in your in your um what you just mentioned you talked about Tom's soul being okay with this walk in and handing off the body from Tom's soul to Jay's soul but um as we we're talking before the show started that ended up not happening now was it Tom's ego or i mean what what broke the handoff well, actually, the handoff kind of happened, if you will. It, initially, it was a soul braid. Um, both Jay and Tom were braided. And we were given permission from the other side to do this because it would, because I was married to this gentleman, and Jay coming into that soul just made sense. I had children, you know, things along those lines. But I think that lasted four or five years Um, and honestly they were both very strong souls and they were bickering and uh, one Tom didn't decided he didn't want to leave and Jay wasn't able to fully transfer which is what needed to happen so now we are in a different place as I mentioned to you earlier sure so um, during that uh, uh, interwoven uh, stretch of years, did the body seem like it was bipolar? Um, I wouldn't say bipolar. Although their um, their personalities are very different, one is an accountant and the other one's an actor. Um, as you can imagine, very different personalities. I saw right. glimpses of all of it. I could tell. It, it's almost if you take 100% in the vessel, there was 100% of a, of a combined soul, if you will. There were times when Jay was stronger, and there were times when Tom was stronger. Those moments, yes, I could see it and understood it. But there was never a point that it was all one or the other because of that braiding. Right. So... Um, now explain explain how you came into this information. Are you are you uh, getting this information directly, or are you going through a channel or psychic? 
Well, it started. It started. Uh, it's it's funny. I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I'm from Rhode Island originally, and um, within six weeks, I was back in Rhode Island and sitting in front of a medium. Um, you know, you know when everything just all the tumblers are in place and whatnot. And this medium, this is what is in the book. This medium said to me, do you know what a walk-in is? I had never heard it, and I hadn't been to a medium in a very long time. Um, So she explained it. I don't know that I believed it, really. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, I went to several other mediums. A lot didn't know what they were talking about. But it was the same information came up as fact over and over again. And then I was able to communicate with Jay, who was on the other side, before any of this transfer happened. And it was all of those things were real. Those memories were real. All of the things he brought up absolutely happened because they were evidence. So that's, right. that's how it began. That it's, it's completely changed now, but that about nine years ago, that's how it started. Right. And I'm sure there might be some uh, listeners that are rolling their eyes, going, "What the hell are we talking about?" And and I just want to I want to be clear: there was a, a vast part of my life where I would have been saying, "What in the tarnation have we fallen mm. off the deep end?" Um, oh yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's not a very evident thing until you until you open up. Uh, your understanding of it. Uh, for me, um, I grew up in a very strict Christian household, and um, past life regression was considered woo-woo. And one day mm. for my birthday, I I decided to give myself a past life regression, and oh, oh my God, oh my God, did that kick my butt. <laughs> And and that was the the first step in me understanding that I'm not this human body per se. I'm this this ancient soul living out a single yes. human lifetime that that this ego is aware of. This this Les Jensen ego is only aware of this Les Jensen lifetime until I opened up to all these other personas. So when so just hang with us and keep an open mind because um we've had we've had several uh guests talk about the walk in persona so um carolyn um um you have a fifteen minute video online where you go through some uh some information and one of them was about memories and you were talking about the cellular memory of the body. So um, yes. when a baby is born, they can have a birthmark. They can have a you know a scar or something on their cheek or whatever from a past life injury. Um, yeah. What I was curious about is when the soul would transfer, would the birthmark disappear and the birthmark of the soul of the new soul show up? You know what I mean? Would there be, would there be a change in? Um, the human vehicle, if you will. Well, I I noticed a few things about that, Les, actually. Um, Once I started to – thank you for explaining that about your birthday and the past life regression, because all of those pieces happened to me as well. If I were to just look at this at the beginning, it doesn't make any sense, but there's been so much that I've learned since then, and I agree with you. It brings you it brings you to a point. It's a beautiful thing to learn. Um, anyway, back to, <laughs> back to the cellular memory. <laughs> so in, in this particular situation, uh, Tom was completely deaf in his left ear. Uh, after the transfer, he wasn't. He could hear completely well. Um, his handwriting changed. Um, in the back of the book, I probably have 10 pages of all the differences from the cellular memory from Tom to Jay, Jay to Tom, back and forth, because I, I tracked all of them to, again, the facts and evidence, and that's what I was going for. Um, so an awful lot of things happened, but that's probably the biggest one, that all of a sudden he was no longer deaf in his left ear. Right. 
Well, you know, like a lot of times um, we'll have what we consider a disease, um, deafness in an ear. Or um, I know there's been um, multiple personality people, schizophrenics, and some Mm. of the schizophrenics will have uh, physical disorders, and other schizophrenics in the same body don't have that. And so when we right. when we go to a Western doctor and say we have a dis-ease and they treat the physical body, it's not always about the body. It's about the energetic persona behind the atomic body, if you will. So I think your perception of watching one soul and then another soul occupy the same body has some insights. Did you notice anything um, as far as a disease or like a... Like a um, uh, chronic uh, fatigue or stress that would be one way or the other between Tom and Jay? Um, it's interesting. There, there was no chronic disease at all. But Jay did when Jay was able to go back and forth in in the body. He was given permission to do that, so he was able to communicate with me quite often. And when I asked him about that, when that happened, about the not being able to hear in his left ear, um, he said, well, no, I can hear in my left ear because it never occurred to me I couldn't. And then he went on to explain all disease starts with a thought. If you don't have that thought, the disease can't take place. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. So, um as far as anything chronic, no. Um, much more personality-driven. Jay is a very funny man um, and full of life <laughs> and charismatic. And, you know, that shows. <laughs> That's what I saw. That's what I saw. In so you must have been the actor, not the accountant, right? Jay's got that right, Les. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that, that, that's... Uh... That's a curious thing. It, um, I think the Buddha said that all disease is a product of the mind, and and this would uh, reaffirm that. So uh, I love this kind of per- perception. So when we talk about um, the soul contract, you 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 talked about the soul contract between Jay and Tom. And uh, they both agreed to the trans to the walk-in, and then years down the road it fell apart. Um, uh, well, those are my words. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, <laughs> did free will have a, a say in that? I mean, wh- what was the where did the tide shift, if you will, as far as what was intended to happen? That's exactly right, Les. It was free will. It was free will. That's exactly what happened. They chose, uh, Tom showed, no, this is okay. This isn't as bad as I thought it was. I think I'll stay. Um, He liked some of Jay's personality, and Jay learned an awful lot of of Tom. I mean, think about it. Here is Jay coming into this man who's got this career. He has this family. He has all of these things. And he had to learn that job. I mean, they learned it together in there. So they, you know, they kind of turned into a third person, if you will. Um, But at the end, really, when you think about it, because Tom changed his mind through free will and decided, nope, I think I'm going to stay, that's where we are today because that would no longer be honorable. It would no longer be honorable for Jay or myself to ask Tom to leave. He wasn't, he didn't right. want to anymore. It, it's, he right. still has a right to his life. So that's why we're in this process with, I'm divorcing him as I mentioned to you. And so now we, 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 we took a little, we took a left turn, but that's okay. <laughs> well, not so, so you're so Tom's staying in the body, but you are divorcing Tom. Now, had exactly. it gone all the way through, Tom's soul would have had to leave the body, and wouldn't that's what we call death, isn't it? Tom would have to die. The soul, yes, Tom's soul would have to die its earthly 
life and go back to spirit. And the physical body wouldn't have died. Jay would have continued to occupy it. Yep. Yep. You, you think about one getting um, less and less and one getting more and more, and then at that point, Tom would leave and go back to spirit. He just chose not to. So, so let's talk a little bit more. Um, let's talk a little bit more about your uh, original relationship with Jay before he passed away earlier in your life. Was this like a a teenage romance, or did, I, I mean, kind of give us a, some insight in that earlier relationship with Jay <laughs> before he passed away the first time? The first time. Um. It wasn't a teenage romance. It was a young 20s romance. Let's put it that way. We were together for for a, a long time. He was 12 years older than I was. This was, 19, I think we met in 1980. Um, I was 20 and he was um, 32. And we dated for a very long time. But I had, uh, I, I take full responsibility for this. I had the thoughts of how I thought I was supposed to live. You, you, you mentioned you were raised a... Catholic, I was raised an Episcopalian, so I understand all of that, but life had to look a certain way, and at that point, I didn't feel it was going to look the way I thought it should, nor my parents wanted, so we kind of split up. I mean, he was kind enough to say, okay, this is probably not the life you want, and so he let me go, and, you know, I married the man I was supposed to, and it was dreadful from the from the get-go. But that that's a right. lot about what the book is leading up to that point. Is it's a lot about what's in there, but um, you know, and then after I, we got together again. I mean, I wasn't having an affair with him or anything, but we got to we kept coming back together. We kept coming back together, and it always just felt. It feels like exactly what a twin flame feels like or a soulmate feels like, and of course then I didn't have any clue what that was. Um, right. I under, yeah. I understand. So now, I, I personally just to, just, just a minute. Yeah. Just to be clear, uh, I wasn't uh, a Catholic. I was I was raised in a Christian household. It was a Mormon oh, okay. household, Sorry. which is pretty pretty much the same Kool Aid. I mean, you're going to hell and God's <laughs> pissed and all that crap. Different color Kool Aid. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to be clear, I I haven't ever participated in the Catholic religion. Um, yeah. Okay. Just, Sorry. No worries. I, I just like clarity with all the, this conversation. So, um, yeah. well, that, 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 that's, that's so interesting that you and Jay got together, and it sounded like his spirit was uh, uh, free and open. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but he was um, um, considerably different than what you were raised with as far as values and, and the there wasn't a fit perhaps and now fast forward to this time and and you again I don't want to put words in your mouth correct me if I'm wrong you've opened up to this uh, this more vibrant perception of life and and now it's um, more of a mutually um, aligned relationship that you and Jay would have absolutely well said I try to be accurate. <laughs> Every time you open your mouth, there's a risk involved. I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's not the truth. So, so, so what's the plan? What's that? No, I was going to say it's funny, too. On the other side, both of my parents are deceased. And on the other side, Jay has had conversations with both of them. And, you know, they apologize to him saying, we wish we had realized how in love you were. And, you know, they uh, didn't push me away, but they made me realize it wasn't okay for me to be dating this older gentleman and he was of the wrong faith and all this craziness. Uh, and they have since right, apologized yeah. to him. Yeah, which is really nice. Right. Yeah, but souls come here for the human experience. It's it's that free will. Right. I mean, I think that, I think that free will is wicked powerful crap in that oh, your, e- <laughs> your ego can be the most naive um, 
clueless, stupid blunder, and the soul will mm. just sit there and twiddle its thumb for an entire lifetime and let you stare at your phone and not do a damn thing with your life because of free yep. will. What the hell? Yep. No, I couldn't agree more. It trumps everything. <laughs> yeah, it does. The ego trumps mm. the soul. And when you tell somebody that, they're like, no, that can't be right. I'm like, ah, well, until we a little longer. Right, until we open up to our subconscious and who we really are in our soul. And, of course, that's why the veil is so thick and thin as, as we begin to learn all of this. Then we can listen. But, boy, when I was 20, I had no clue. <laughs> Nothing at all. Sure. <laughs> well, um, now, when you're 20, you had no clue. And now we fast forward to the here and now. Wait, this now. Wait, here's another now. Well, uh, the yeah. uh, a new now. <laughs> so you used you use uh, psychics and mediums for your initial um, contact with this aspect of life. Now, I've yes. I've interviewed quite a few psychics and mediums, and some of them are really good, and some of them don't know how bad they really are. What kind of an experience did you have um, when you were so naive to how all this worked and you were working with psychics and mediums? Um, What kind of experiences did you have with them? Uh, there There were a few that brought me to a place that, that was wonderful. But um, I've talked to hundreds, hundreds of them, uh, from the standpoint of the, this walk-in piece and my own looking for information. But I've found that way too many filter out and change that which they should actually only channel, whether it makes sense to the channeler or not, or it might make perfect sense to the one for whom they are reading. And... <laughs> I just, there are levels of everything, of course, but there are many psychics that, you know, believe, oh, this is, this is the way it needs to happen, and they're not saying exactly what they should be saying. They're covering it all up. Um, right. You know, there are too many people out there that are made to believe by others or even themselves that they themselves or their loved ones are walk-ins, which is what, where the situation I was by unscrupulous psychics or medium that are actually only out for fortune and fame. They may also just want to soothe over the matter to supposedly help and heal. And everybody, I got to heal this, heal that, heal the other thing while not actually helping. This is happening while the loved ones of walk-ins or loved ones of anything here on earth are waiting for them to come back. As almost as if a dangling carrot with such intense sadness and frustration. And this is what happened to me for almost a decade. I can't begin to tell you how many psychics and mediums had no clue what was going on, yet they pretended they did. And I waited, hoping for years. I was led on by people I really believed I could trust, but now I know I couldn't. Um, this is why now I only seek facts and tangible evidence with people I work with. Well, speak more to that. I mean, how do you, what's the truth serum for a psychic? I mean, how do you, what's the measuring stick for integrity? If, because if they're giving you information from, a, from the other side or someplace that you yourself um, are not privy to, how do, you, how do you quantify? How do you measure that? Evidence evidence if if okay for instance i talked uh with a medium that was actually she was very good until she started filtering everything but she said okay she was talking with jay and she said okay jay you've got to give me something that carolyn will know that only carolyn will know and and he said yes x this is this is what happened and um and it was it was at his apartment I only went in the back door of his apartment in Boston. It's the only I never went in the front door. I think it was locked forever. And so she, so he said, tell her she always went in the back door. And that to me was evidence no one else would have known. 
writing a book or not, nobody would have known that. That to me is evidence. Okay, this is Jay. Now he's here. Now I know this is Jay. But then it goes a little farther from the standpoint of are they now just channeling, just channeling, just saying what is said to them without tweaking it, without, well, it'll sound better if it's this way. Well, this will more, make more sense for them. That's where the problems come in. They should just be a clear channel. Right. Right. And, and that's not always easy, especially if they're just learning to be psychic or a channeler. It's, uh, I think it, it um, perhaps there's a learning curve because really good psychics mm. are given, they give themselves freedom, really, if they don't have to embellish squat, all they do is is pass it through like poop through a goose, just straight through. <laughs> then, then they don't have to keep track of anything. I mean, I mean, there's freedom How easy in is that? not. Yeah, but until you know, it's like, uh, um, um. To let go, now I'm, I'm changing subjects here for a second, but letting go of your sense of self is, uh, is, can be part of your spiritual journey. If I ask somebody, who are you? Well, I'm a husband, I'm an engineer, I'm a basketball player. And, and every time we, we throw a label out, we're, we're literally catalyzing our sense of self. And there's, there's a bit mm-hmm. of a bondage to it. And so to say, I don't know who I am and I really don't care, there's some real freedom to that. You know, it's like, oh. wow, what you did today was great. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Tomorrow I might screw up, but I'm not going <laughs> to attach myself. You. I'm not going to attach today, myself <laughs> to me. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's, that's just a curious thing. So, so here we are, and now – What's the plan now? You still have an intention of of hooking up with Jay in the future? Oh yes, absolutely. Yes, he's looking for a vessel, um, and he's looking for a vessel specifically that is. Tall well, he's. He, <laughs> well, actually, yeah. <laughs> he kind of looked like Red Butler. I threw that in there. <laughs> that was humor. He said that that's a, oh you you got his personality perfect there yes he's all about what he looks like that's true <laughs> but now we're going down right. that path where he's looking for another vessel and we're working together on memories that we remember so that will be the facts and evidence when he returns when those memories begin Hi. and they'll start out slow. And they'll build, I believe, this is what I'm assuming, although that's a bad thing to do. Um, but the, the memories that we talk about now that will come out later, and that's how I'll know. So now am I to presume in, in the risky way that presuming takes you that you've <laughs> developed your own psychic ability and you're talking to Jay directly? Well, that's a little tricky. Uh, I um, I'm empathic, but I do I'm not a channel. I am not a direct medium. Um, how that? I guess you could kind of say I'm a spokesperson for the other side, a PR of sorts. Um, information, material, lessons, facts, everything comes is channeled to me each day, and I pass the information along unfiltered. So, for yourself or for um, others or both? Both. I must, I, oh, okay. I have thousands and thousands of hours of channeled uh, audio and um, I call them the chronicles. I ate 10,000 pages of channeled wow. material that I've been asked to write books about, but can't do any of it until Jay is back. This is kind of like where we are with, with that information. As soon as Jay is back, uh, these, these will, these, my guides that are being challenged to me will step forward and reveal themselves, right. as they say. 
So it started out with, that started about two years ago. Um, but up to that point, it was, it was a few mediums that I trusted after going through hundreds that I knew couldn't do it. And then it came to a point where this was presented to me. And I was thrilled with it, and off we went. Well, nice. Well, I mean, you have to have a functional body. You can't hang out at the morgue or anything, right? So, I mean, (laughs) boy, how do you even go? Or some zombie movie uh, movie set (laughs) after they say cut. No, no, wait. That's humor. That's all humor. (laughs) So, um, well, this is. This is a curious conversation. I tell you what. Um, well, so as you learned about all this, um, now let's talk about the walking experience itself. We're talking about one soul, one human soul walking in, and another human soul stepping out. Um, what are the what are the kind of walk-ins are there that you know of? Um. Well, this particular walk-in, as, as, as we know, is a walk-in of a loved one that was alive in this lifetime coming back in the same lifetime in a different body. Right. So there's so many of other kinds, alien, um, galactic types. There's a lot of those. Those are totally different than the walk-ins of loved ones that have passed and are wanting to come back to the ones they left behind. Um, and this is a full soul exchange, the one, what we're working on. Um, those others that are alien or galactic, those are, they can come and they can go. Um, it's not a full soul exchange, although it can be. But sometimes they're braided, sometimes it's temporary. It's just a different animal. Those are not always coming back for the same lifetime to the loved ones. This one, the basis of this is, is love. It's not knowledge. It isn't experience. It's just coming back for love. Right. Well, I'm going to suggest an idea that isn't, it, it's kind of like when you first hear about a walk-ins or something or, or past life experiences. So oftentimes as human beings, when we think about multiple lifetimes, uh, I'm, a, I'm an old soul and I've had hundreds of lifetimes. It's very easy for us as the human to contextualize all of those lifetimes as human being lifetimes, where in fact oh. souls are multi, multi, every soul is multidimensional in, in aspects we can't even comprehend. And so when we yeah. talk about an alien walk-in, it's only alien to the human flesh and bones. But to the soul, yes. it can be every bit as, as authentic as the soul occupying our human body. So when we talk about an alien soul walking into a human body, that doesn't mean it's not our own soul or our own soul family. The notion that a soul having multiple incarnations and every single flip and one of them is human is baloney. Souls are multidimensional. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. And it's and it's. Could it be galactic, angelic, elemental? Your soul could be anything. And I'm sure we've all lived sure. a lot of those different lives. But here, when I right exactly. Thank you for for explaining that because. I guess galactic is a better word than alien, as people think, you know, all the crazy Area 51 stuff, the alien. It's more galactic, an origin of galactic souls. Right. Well, I mean, Carolyn, I mean, this conversation we're having, this isn't the conversation you can have with the majority of guests on the show. (laughs) Thank you for the liberty of going off on these tangents of because bringing up the topic of uh, a soul being multiple uh, species uh, doesn't really come up if if what you're talking about is, you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> I, I knew this was going to be a, a, a snapping and hopping conversation just based on <laughs> the story before the show even got started. So, well, 
Um, <laughs> what are some insights that, that you've gained that you wouldn't think were obvious to you? Oh boy, there's there's a lot. Um, well, things that, just things that I've learned along the way. I mean, ha- having to do with the third eye and understanding so much about that. That you you're talking about the chaos out there and what what people are are selling and put their putting their shingle on and everybody's trying to heal everybody. But one thing I noticed, the third eye is is just so misunderstood as the third eye chakra instead of actually the sixth sense. So many don't understand this, that the sixth sense has to work with all the other senses as well. So I've been trying to find practitioners that can truly open the third eye fully, which is something I'm trying to do um, so I can communicate more directly. Um, although I'm right. very happy with the way it's, it's happening now, but I do understand that there's a ritual for that. And I've been looking for a long time, and nothing, wor- you know, has worked. But I know it can be done, and I, I believe it actually could be through a witch or a shaman. And still trying to find that. I think that the biggest thing that happened is 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 just is the chaos. Is there's so many people saying so many different things, and to try to boil it all down to what is the actual truth in all of this? Because as you and I spoke earlier. Yes, there are psychics and mediums that are, are very good and many, many that just read a book and think that they know everything without experience or, or really understanding. And I think that's part of maybe the hardest part of all of this. And, you know, lucid dreaming and astral projections and OBE astral travel, shamanic journey, they're all different things, although they all have different similarities. But right. people don't necessarily understand that as well. But, you know, I wonder where are the true hands-on teachers that can actually teach this and that don't hold one hostage by charging an arm and a leg? And how about getting some results first? I agree everyone needs to get paid, but some of this is just truly getting out of hand when I see the fees people are charging, you know, $100 for 15 minutes. How can that be Okay. I mean, where is – how can that be okay? Oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, oh, I, I understand. I mean, I've, I've seen really outrageous rates. And uh, um, but, so, so Carolyn, um, riddle me this. So there's this human body that Tom and Jay uh, uh, co-occupied, and one of them had a – uh, uh, hearing issue in one ear and the other one didn't and now Carolyn occupies a body that has a third eye impairment I, I don't want to put stigma to it no that's fine and, yeah. and, and then the, the body itself has no stigma and so it's uh, it, uh, and, and I'm, I'm just making an observation and I'd say this to myself too, with in capital letters, because uh, uh, to be clear, I'm I'm uh, I have the same intention because um, guests on the show will talk about their psychic vision, and it's in like Technicolor HD, 3D, IMAX, <laughs> and and I go to be psychic, and I get a a single sentence or even a single word, so I. Yes. And, and what I realize is that there's some aspect of the past of my psyche, not my body, not my third eye, not my pineal gland. It's the energy of my past that has the um, uh, deficiency of clarity in the energetic spectrum, if you will. And I suggest to you that you, you clearly have the intention of increasing your psychic uh, spectral uh, awareness, and you're giving it your attention um, consistently. So over time, it has to happen, whether it be through your own intention or some other persona that gives you permission to clear that out of your own psyche. No, I see. I see what you mean. I wonder, though, also how much of what we decided we wanted to have when we got here, when we chose this life, when we planned this life, 
I wonder if I didn't want my gifts to come back with me for whatever reason. I think there's a piece of that too. We choose these lives. We well, choose to I, learn the lesson. I've been told that I've been told that in past lives I was being tortured in such horrific ways, like maybe watching yeah, my family too. be slaughtered while I'm being burned at the stake. That was yeah. so painful <laughs> for me to be psych, psychically aware. And I, as yep. a survival tactic in that moment, said, F this, I can't do this. Shut it down. Yep. And mm-hmm. and the, the pain behind it was so pronounced that my psyche is, skittish about going back and healing it because it was such a a deep immense scar in my psyche yep I understand that yes I was burned at the stake too I hope it wasn't the same time (laughs) (laughs) uh, consciousness is holographic if you want to know how you're connected sprinkle some uh, flour on the kitchen floor and look for footsteps Oh, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now you're writing a sequel to this book. Um, tell us, uh, tell us about your platform because um, let's see, you've created the holisticcampus.com, an online portal mm-hmm. and safe haven gathering for spiritual practitioners around the globe. Um, and you're writing a sequel to this. How has this experience uh, formed or fabricated your your intentions as you move forward? Well, the sequel is just that. It's um, it's nonfiction. It's all of the pieces that have happened since we left off. The the first book left off that um, Jay and Tom were braided. Um, and now the the rest of the story is about what's happened since then and now what we're going through and and what we expect uh, what we expect to happen but when i when I um, look at the holistic campus part of this, people have been coming to me because of the book and it's a beautiful thing because as you said i was relu- i reluctantly wrote this book I said nobody's going to believe this but People have have reached out to me from all over saying, um, I think this is happening to me. Can you tell me more? And how can we help? And as I mentioned, over the past couple of years, I've been taught so much about this and and how to, what I can do. My question was, well, what can I do about this? You know, they're they're all working on the other side, and Jay's trying so hard. But what can I do? So I was given a lot of tasks do I was given a process to do to to help this move along so those pieces at holistic campus are those it's a it's I call it a guided pathway actually so it's to help people that are here waiting for their loved ones as walk-ins the pieces that they can do the process that they can do to help the other one come back to them that's the premise of holistic campus Right. Well, this is such an odd topic. I mean, what if, what if we made an app, and so we're walking around society, and we see some some um, walking zombie because their their body's lifeless and they've surrendered, and and there's not a spark of joy in their persona. We could just take a picture of them and send it to the other side and then potential walk-ins could go make soap contracts to put a little zing in their step. <laughs> that would be an interesting app. <laughs> <laughs> but all has to be based on free will. I mean, I'm not... Of I'm, course. I'm, 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 follow the rules. I'm not here to... I mean, I'm I'm not against mischief, but, you know, the free will is, is <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So do you work with people one-on-one or do you uh, communicate solely through your books or, I mean, give us a a snapshot of your platform and how listeners can uh, partake of your services. Well, they, they actually start with me. Um, So I, I work with all of them and I, 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 you know, we there's a lot of counseling. 
that happened, and I mean that in a very loving way because there's so many questions about this. Um, but so people start with me. I, we go through the process, um, and it all looks different. It isn't step A through Z. Um, I work with um, – we'll go through questions, and I will get my spirit team to answer their specific questions so they can move forward too. And we do all that for free. There's not – you know, we don't charge anything for that. It's just – it's so important what we're trying to do to try to help these loved ones come back. So um, – and then all of the other pieces, I bring in different practitioners. Um, but I have to, I have to say, um, it's not the easiest thing to find true practitioners that are authentic and real. And I just, I'll, I'll tell you, I hope and pray that truly like-minded people, those that are truly knowledgeable and capable and willing to genuinely and sincerely help that they'll come forward, that more will come forward. I know they're out there. And right. I ask if any of this rings true, that they contact me to help us create an even better safe haven to help the walk-ins and their loved ones here on earth. It's, I know they're out there and I'm searching and searching for them. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that um, you're doing that with discernment where you, where you want that authentic uh, clarity, if you will. Where, where, because, and I think it, it's, it's kind of curious that you went through all that, um, you know, all those gas station psychics and, uh, and, and went through the shadow side of, of psychics to, oh, yeah. to calibrate your Calibrate your BS scale, and now you're trying to gather. Well, you're you're gathering practitioners, and and yet you're vetting them for that authentic um, characteristic. So you probably yes. wouldn't be nearly as effective in what you're doing now had you not gone through that shadow side of the psychic arena. Oh, I don't think so either. It it actually was a phoenix. I mean, when we started it, it had to become the phoenix because it's, it has to be pure. I, the only way, I mean, this is all about love. It is the whole point. It is all about love. And, and to make that work, every, it has to be pure. And, right. you know, I've been through quite a few practitioners that have come and go, and it's, it, it hit the phoenix point with, okay, now, and I'm still really searching for not and not a lot of them, I'll be honest, just very authentic and pure. That's what I'm really looking for to help to help these people that don't charge an arm and a leg, of course, on top of it all. You know, it's just a much bigger, sure. much bigger thing than just putting up your well, signpost. Now, I don't want to, um, you did mention your uh, uh, you had a free consultation. Um, so if if listeners have have this long-standing history with a single psychic, and every time you take a box of Kleenexes and just ball your flipping head off, and you're not really getting any <laughs> spiritual growth out of it, there's there's mm-hmm. a flag right there. Give exactly. Carolyn a call and and take her up on that initial conversation because. Because the psychic, as long as you're the gravy train, they're not going to sit there and say, well, you know, we could actually make some progress here, but, exactly. you know, let's talk about the, Ex- uh, the soap opera exactly. part of this. Yep. And gravy train, that's the word. That is what has driven me crazy for so that That happened to me. Like, oh, well, here's somebody. Yeah. This is interesting. Nobody knows what's going on with walking, so let's just lead her down this path. It was, I didn't know. And I'm so fortunate right. to have learned everything I've learned to this point, but I'll tell you, we cut through the baloney. We cut through the baloney. It's the only way to right. do it. And, and then you turn around and sharing that with humanity, so that's part of your life path. That's part of your soul's intention before you were born, probably. Absolutely, yeah. yes. I'm no sproctologist, but that's what the smoke leaves <laughs> are saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, uh, <laughs> an hour can zing by pretty fast. Uh, so how do we get your book? Ah, um, the name of the book is A Life by Request, and you can actually get it on 
um, my website, alifebyrecrest.com, or just Google it on Amazon, or just it's right on Amazon. Everything's and, on Amazon. And your other website <laughs> is uh, holisticcampus.com? Holisticcampus.com, yes. And if anybody's interested there, just to have a conversation. I mean, it's you know, there's no charge for it or anything. I just like to help people get from point A to point B and try to help them muddle through it. Well, that's an excellent opportunity right there. All right. Well, the, yeah. the time is, has flown by because it's been such a fun conversation. Do you have any closing thoughts for us? Um. I think in all of this, the biggest point that I've learned is that love is the key. When this all began, aside from everything else that can happen, and this one said this and this one said that, the basis of it all is that if we stay loving in our hearts and true to that, anything can happen. Right, very nice. Well, Carolyn, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. This has been this has been such a fun conversation. I've it was thoroughly fun. enjoyed the, the topic was delightful. Uh, we really beat it up good, and um, I think the audience <laughs> got a lot of material out of it. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Les. We've been talking to uh, Carolyn, and the topic tonight is walking soul transfers. You know, one of the reasons I really like the topic of, of the soul is the, the premise of new human living is soul-level living. The, the platform I created was new human living, soul-level living. And tonight on the show, we talked about the free will of the ego to bugger it up. The free will of the ego trumps the power, the vision, the wisdom of the soul. And I tell you what, the vast majority of humanity is ignorant to the, the, the many rich and wonderful gifts that their soul would be glad to embellish on them if their ego would just turn around and tune in to, the, to that inherent wisdom of the soul. New Human Living, the books I've written, this radio show, I'm here to help empower you embody your soul. Now, it's not like you take the ego out back and big slap it into oblivion. Uh, a lot of enlightened teachers say you have to kill the ego. I'm not that I'm not one of them. I would rather teach the ego, show the ego how flippin' cool, how over the top fantastic your life would be if your ego decided to actually free up some consciousness, free up some brain power, and hand it over for your heart and your soul to come into your life. Imagine your soul walking in on your own life. Imagine your soul walking in on your ego and saying, hey, guess what? There's a six-lane interstate if we just start moving left, we've been mowing down Joshua trees for a couple of months now, a couple of years, a couple of decades. There's an easier way to live life. But if your ego won't let go, it's not going to happen. So if, if, you, if this has resonated with you and you like my Kool-Aid, go to newhumanliving.com. The books I've written are all about embodying the soul, empowering the soul in this lifetime now. Hey, I created this uh, radio show to help empower you. Uh, the topics like we've had tonight bring a bigger perspective about who you are. And look, you showed up for yourself. You, you've listened to this episode. So I applaud you as the listener for showing up in a way that grows who you are. I'm your host, Les Jensen. It's always a pleasure to spend this time with you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power. 
at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.